Let's get it. Eddie, Eddie and Mike show. Today, we're going to be talking about RG3. We're going to have a recap of that victory Monday night by your Washington football team. A little bit of tragedy struck the NFL. We'll touch on that just a bit. We're also going to talk Wizards, and we're going to talk Caps. Mike, what's good, bro? What's good? Honestly, I don't want to talk about myself right now. I'm getting right into the first topic. Why not? This Bama. This Bama, Robert Griffin III, has the nerve to announce the day after a Monday Night Football victory that he is coming out with a book in August 2022 called Surviving Washington. Surviving, surviving, surviving Washington? First of all, the time of this book is trash. It's absolute trash. He's taking advantage of these women that was um, abused at Washington headquarters, and I'm not cool with that at all. He could, he had nine years to write this book. Nine years. And then, just like my uh, one of my guys said, all the people that he going to fry in the book, they gone. Bruce, Shani, Cal, they gone. Like, even um, Larry Michaels, I'm sorry, Larry Michael, no S, Bama S. Larry Michael gone. Alex Santos gone. Um, the trainer's gone. Everybody's gone. What the, why are you coming out with this book? Also, if Snyder was problem A, if um, Snyder and Allen was problem A, if Mike Shanahan was problem B, Robert Griffin was problem C. He was, bruh. Get him. First of all, he came in. He came in as a rookie, as Snyder's butt buddy. That, that we can't debate that. When they drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, that made him salty. We can't debate that either. We know that made him salty. What really got to me was when his father started running his mouth about him being a pocket quarterback. I remember the interview, and he was telling somebody, I understand that Mike Shanahan's an NFL coach and whatever, but I feel like um, he can do better and he could produce better from the pocket. Um, if he's scrambling, get hurt, yada, yada, yada. You idiot. Where the hell do you think the league was going? Your son came in and destroyed the league running the option. And you want to take that away from him? And his dumb butt went ahead and agreed and tried to become a pocket passer, and he was trash. Absolute trash. He can't stay healthy. He can't read defenses. And the Bama's corny. Now, that's me getting personal right there. I ain't even going to lie with you. But the Bama's corny, Eddie. He's corny. I'm tired of him. I'm not reading this book. I'm not buying this book. But I know these media people, they're going to be on this nuts. They're going to put them quotes on. And I'm going to destroy every single quote I see when that book comes out. Um, I'm really trying to think of a way to approach this in which I can sort of address as many things as possible. I uh, totally agree within poor taste. Um, just to be clear, I don't think Robert's necessarily going to talk about what potentially happened to these women. 
But he said that, though. So I understand. Uh, I think the angle of this and the timing's quite late and, to be honest, kind of moot at this point. But uh, this is about his grudge with his injury and how he was treated, and I think he, he feels that he should have been protected from himself. What will be interesting to see is how much accountability and self-criticism Robert does on himself or what, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? How critical and, and um, uh, accountable he is of himself in this book. That, that's how I want to put it. So the author, uh, I believe it's Gary Myers, if I'm correct. I'm pretty sure he's known for being like a um, – he he doesn't write puff pieces. He's, he's not here to make friends. He wants to, he wants all the facts. He wants all the truth. He wants everything pushed as, as much as it can. Not saying he's going to do anything, you know, um, that would be a lie or, or to embellish. Mm-hmm. It just, he's going to, he's going to pull out the most drama that he can from this. Yeah. The cold, harsh reality. So again, I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that maybe maybe this does lead to people kind of understanding like why so many of us get so frustrated with this organization but then equally get frustrated with the players that come here because it you know Robert can talk about this place being toxic and how he survived well didn't his parents have like full access to the locker room and in that like the only time that's ever really happened like not just hey it's christmas or hey it's thanksgiving robert had a great game let his wife and and kid come in here real quick so he can get the game ball nothing like that this meant like they had access they could go wherever they wanted and as you mentioned robert and his dad huge problem from day one it's not just getting flown with the snyders and and taking private you know, limo rides and whatever to games together. The, these guys were going above the Shanahan's to Mr. Snyder saying, Hey, you know, I don't want to run this kind of offense. You know, my son could be a Peyton Manning or an Aaron Rodgers, and saying that, you know, quarterbacks who, who are run first are, are trash types or, or don't last long in the league. And, and from a health standpoint, he's correct. But I think he, this was also a lot about marketing, which was a huge deal for Robert as well. I'm I'm not mad at anybody for getting the bag or seizing the opportunity. My problem was it it becomes this thing, right? I believe he worked hard. I really do. But he was equally doing all the things that any other athlete does, going on vacations before surgery, after surgery. He's, He's doing all this marketing. All of a sudden, Kirk Cousins has one good game, and now he's wanting to push coming back. And I'm pretty sure that was something that Snyder decided as well. Because remember, the Shanahan's like Kirk Cousins. They wanted Kirk Cousins. So they would more than be fine with, hey, this guy who's allegedly the franchise and who has a a real dinged-up wheel right now, let's let him really get healthy. And, And again, his best years were here. And he was begging to come back. So please tell me. When was it that toxicity so hard to survive? Timing is certainly in poor taste. I couldn't disagree more. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I'll go one further. Mm -hmm. And I know, I believe, 
the former Mrs. Griffin tweeted out already. <laughs> I think she had some things to say. If we're going to be on this moral high ground, right? Let's talk about how homeboy had his high school sweetheart by his side all the way through high school and, and through Baylor and then to the pros. All of a sudden, man gets a little money, got himself a little snow bunny from Florida State. Mm. Is what it is, bro. You, you can't come at me about morals and about this and that when you said till death do I part with one and you got a little money and you decided to quote unquote upgrade. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. My, my goodness. I this. The I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this book is it. That's the final chapter. Like, leave it alone. It's been ten years, bro. Leave it alone. You played on three team or two or three teams since then. Leave it alone. Like, just no. Like, no. We don't. I'm not even going to say we don't care. Because like I said, I know they're going to, um, when that book come out, get ready. for um, Get ready in August, bro, when that book come out. Because um, they're going to slice the mess out of it. But personally speaking, y'all understand now why I say what I say when I say I don't want a quarterback that's not 100% focused on football. The same thing happened with Haskins, it happened with Kirk, and it happened with RG3. No. Get me a fo- matter of fact. That's why I bang with Heineke. That's exactly why I bang with Heineke because that man loves football, and that's a great transition into the next topic: Monday Night Football. Real talk, we don't win that game if Heineke doesn't love football. <laughs> I'm serious. serious. Um, resilient. Uh, you know that interception. I, I don't blame him one bit. It is what it is, and. I mean, those of you that saw it, you saw it. Like, it, it, it's a pick, and it's going to be – he's – it's going to, you know, go against him. But, you know, he's been playing great as of late, making it really tough to, uh, you know, block out those people who are, you know and, – and our issue, we know what that was. Those people didn't know what they were talking about. They just got lucky. They threw a dart into a dark room, and we're glad that they're right. We're glad. We're not, we're not mad about it. But I think the key – to that victory on Monday night, I think it was Gibby, man. What was it, 24 totes? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we get him carries like that, and what we've been doing with him the last few weeks, we control the clock, we keep our defense fresh, we keep the other offense off the field. That, I mean, it ain't pretty, but it's winning games. And I, I think it's going to lead to another win against the Raiders. We already talked about that on the Pick'em. I'm telling you, man, I think we're going to go in there and kind of smack guys around. We just got to hope we can stay healthy. Right. Um, it's, we'll get to health in a sec, but um, I just know going back to the game on Monday real quick, the defense, they're playing better, but they still have some things they have to take care of. Now, the second touchdown that they gave up, I'm not going to really blame that on the defense. I just think it was a, a good play call by Seattle. They saw that Landon Collins was injured. And that ever came in, and they attacked them. It happens. Um, credit to the defense for not letting them get the two-point conversion, though. That was clutch. Now, letting them get that on, that first onside kickback, that was not clutch. I don't think Seattle was going to march up the field and kick a field goal for the win or anything, though, with um, 18 seconds of no timeouts. Stranger things have happened. 
but I don't think they would want to give up, give that up. Um, now, at the very least, um, they could have won by more and had the kicker and that got injured on the block extra point. They probably would have won by more. I see the team is heading in the right direction. I'm glad that for the second straight year, we're competing for the postseason. I don't care if they're under 500. At the end of the day, you just got to get in the tournament. However you can, get in the tournament. I learned that from the Steelers fan. That team knows something about winning. Win your division. If you can't win your division, get a wild card. The Bucks just showed us last year. Wild cards are wonderful. You get in the tournament. That's all you need. Well, and let's not forget, uh, I believe, especially for our Nats, they were a wild card team. Washington. Mm. And you can look up and down. Like, I, I honestly, my mind is traveling at such a fast rate right now, thinking of all the different teams in different sports that have just gotten their foot in the door. And it's like, uh-oh, you done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that year the Packers won the uh, Super Bowl. I think they were uh, a wild card team. I'm not I'm – I, I'm not certain. I could be wrong on that one. I don't know about the packs, but I do know that the Steelers and oh, I think it was 05. I said somewhere else that it was the 07 Super Bowl, but I think it was the 05 season that they made the um, playoffs as a wild card. But remember the year before that, they went 15 1 with Big Ben in this rookie season. But um, yeah, it's, it's plenty of. Um, examples we can give of a team entering the postseason and catching fire. Now, it don't happen in the NBA like that. And I don't know if it happens in the NHL like that either. But you better believe in the major leagues and um, NFL, you get in that tournament, you get hot, you can win a championship. And that's why I'm always talking about um, championships being so overrated. The Nationals were not the best team in Major League Baseball in 2019. That is a fact. These mammals was 26 and, um, what, 33 yeah. in May? Yeah. Like 19 games out of, uh, out, of, uh, out of division contention. So, so like, what do y'all – come on now. <laughs> like, like, just get in. I don't care what your record is. Get in the damn tournament. So just here's a quick example in baseball. So these are wild card teams that won the World Series. Florida Marlins in 97, Anaheim Angels in 02, Florida Marlins again in 03, Red Sox 04, Cardinals 2011, Giants 2014, Washington Nationals 2019. Um, let me see. Let's look at Super Bowls here. I, I guarantee we got a few. So the 81 Raiders, 98 Denver Broncos, the 01 Ravens were a wild card team. That's crazy. Yeah, because the Titans won the um, AFC Central that year. They beat them in the championship. That's right. Good point. Uh, Steelers, like you mentioned, 05, 06, the 2007, 2008 Giants, 2010, 2011 Green mm -hmm. Bay Packers, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> Bay Buccaneers from last year. So it's certainly possible. Now I'm I didn't even think that, bro. Huh? What'd you say? Good. By the way, no, I'm joking. But no, I didn't even think that the Packers were a wild card team that year because I remember them being hot. Who? A little bit of a guess. A little bit of a guess. Obviously, I was right, so I I did sort of remember, but I wasn't 100 percent sure on that one. Uh, anywho, yeah, I mean, you know, anything's possible, and this is why we watch. This is why we enjoy the games because they're live. Anything can happen. But uh, you know, we don't want to get carried away. We're just giving you examples that like this is where it starts. And they're getting hot late. We got some division games. Who knows what could happen? But oh, it's not 
I hope y'all, I hope y'all don't think we were saying that because we think Washington is a Super Bowl contender. Oh. No, we were we were just kicking the bucket. We I want us to get in, but Oof. I understand that there's at least one or two teams that'll give us the business right now. Well yeah. the fully the fully healthy Cardinals. Uh, oh, we forgot to say on the pick them, Kyler Murray might play on um, Sunday um, as well. But um, the Cardinals and I would say the Packers. Honestly, if we had to go to Tampa to play the Bucks, we can't. I don't know if we can beat the Bucks again. And I guess we'll find out pretty soon that we can beat the Cowboys. But yeah, it's, it's not like we're going to like go in the playoffs and smack it. But at the same time. Right now, they're the seventh seed, and they would play the Packers. And that'll be an interesting game, but they got to get there first. And um, hopefully, they can take the Raiders out, but I don't know, bro. Josh Jacobs been on fire lately. Um, and they did give up a lot of points to Dallas, and, they ain't, and Dallas didn't have their full comp- complement of um, players. They was missing Lyon Matt Cooper last week. But um, I don't know. They scare me. That's why I picked them. Um, yeah, they they, they kind of scare me. And the fact that it's in Las Vegas. Me though. Hmm? I mean, they. Both, I said they're a little bit of similar teams to me. If you like, they they both kind of really want to just establish the run. Obviously, you want to give the nod to Carr. You know, being being a little bit high caliber player, higher pick. Oh, the battle of the fours on Sunday. They yeah, <laughs> the battle true. of the fours on Sunday. I didn't think of that until you just said that. But yeah, you'd obviously give the nod to Carr, but I think as a whole, I, I think we have a better roster. I don't, I don't see a ton of speed that the Raiders have. Uh, Waller's dinged up. You know, Renfro's solid. I think, I think he's underrated. I think people sleep. You know, he's a white boy, and he's not super athletic, but he's still good. But there, there's nobody. You know, Ruggs is gone. Aguilar is gone. They don't have the speed that I think they need to beat us. I think we can, you know, I think we can hang with them. I mean, mean, factor in Terry, and if if Samuel, look at the effect he had in just a few snaps. Key block, basic touchdown, a nice end-around run for, I believe, a first down, and a nice 10-yard catch and run. So imagine if he can, you know, maybe double, triple that, right? Yeah, and – um. Hopefully, Logan Thomas get a little bit healthier this week, too. And, yeah, I mean, we went we went to Oakland eight years ago, I think. Um, what's that, 2014? No, 13. We went to Oakland eight years ago, and we took them out. I remember that game. Um, I remember David Amerson. He caught an interception. Uh, we played them early in the season, so they still had the baseball diamond in the field. Um yeah, it was a wild game. I remember that game versus Oakland. Those um, hey, Michael Bush days, weren't they? Um, I'm not sure, but I also remember that there was one play where Alfred Morris was running. Oh, somebody was running the ball, and three Raider players like ended up grabbing him. I lied to you, not. It was one Raider on one side, and there was another Raider on the other side. They held um, the running back, and the third Raider just was boom. Touching the ball and it eventually came out, and I was like, "That's a smart play right there." I, yeah. I don't know why more teams don't do it, but yeah, they they jumped that running back that night. Not that easy to just grab somebody who's 
of NFL talent and just hold them up. Uh, even if they're like, quote unquote, a scrub, if they play mm-hmm. in the NFL, more than likely they'll run you over. I don't think you're going to be able to just grab somebody and hold them up. No, nah, they ain't hold him up, though. Like, the running back the running back was still running. Like, he was still running, like, moving forward. But they, like, he couldn't protect the ball. Yeah. Got okay. But he was still moving forward. So, it wasn't like the refs could blow the whistle either to stop um, forward momentum. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was – and, like, I, I don't know if they, like, practiced that that year or what, but it was just a wild um, – Wild set of circumstances, and I'm uh, speaking a wild set of circumstances. My goodness, um, the story with the former running back. Yeah, so former uh, University of Central Florida running back Otis Anderson Jr. is, uh, I believe, he's on the Rams practice squad. He was shot and killed by his own father. Uh, sounds like some kind of confrontation. Uh, from everything I saw in the reports, there wasn't really any mention of whether one person or both were under the influence of anything. Just seems to be a very heated argument. Seems like uh, the mom even got uh, a few uh, grazes, if you will. Um, just, just really unfortunate, really sad. Uh, just, just the fact that that a father and son have that bad of a relationship, and then you know. Uh, yeah, just really crazy. I, I I really couldn't imagine. I was um 13 when my father passed, and like I don't know what I could have done for him to want to kill me. Yeah, and to shoot you, you know, like I mean, I'm not saying like there is a right or wrong way to do that, but that it's a very violent and like, you know, as easy it is is as it is to pull the trigger, like. It's also not that easy to do, you know, but to be that angry and, ooh, yeah, I, uh, re- I, re- I really hope the mom, you know, that I hope she's okay. Not, not just from the gunshot wounds, obviously, but just to, you know, what, what does she do now? Got a husband in jail and a son that's dead. Yeah. That could she, be some. We're just, we're not far away from Christmas. So that could be some, um, yeah, that's some heavy trauma to carry for the rest of your life for the mom. Um, definitely my prayers for her. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's a tough situation all overall. I had no idea about it until you told me before the show. And um I doubt about it this morning. Yeah, like um I don't know what to say. Like if if you have a beef with your parents or anything, like squash that and did that. Um, take it from somebody that lost their father before they got a chance to like really interact with him and grow with him as a man and whatnot. Like, you don't want that. <laughs> like, if you got your parent around, like, please rectify anything, please. Absolutely. You know, time is not infinite. We we really don't have a lot of that. And as far as our significance in the grand grand scheme of things, we're nothing but a blip. But in your own personal world, that blip is significant. So, you know, live, laugh, love, enjoy all those things, you know, just try to just hit as many cliches as I can. So.
Welcome back to the Eddie and Mike podcast, y'all. And we are going to talk about the Washington Wizards who stand at 13 and 8 as they head into Wednesday night's matchup, December 1st, facing Ant-Man and the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, who are no slouches, by the way. These are not the Timberwolves that you remember from the last few years. These are some young dogs. Um yeah, they're they're playing some tough defense. And um yeah, like it's gonna be a fight tonight because they lost to the Spurs on Monday. And I'm gonna be real, these ain't the Spurs of the past. <laughs> like they they haven't been too good. Uh, I mean, yeah, this season they haven't been too good, but they were good enough to take a, uh, take out the Wizards on Monday night and um yeah, it was just wow. Like the Spurs are six and thirteen. They were five and thirteen heading into that game. So, yeah. Um, as far as the game itself, obviously we didn't play too close attention because it was going head to head with the Washington football team. So, um, no disrespect to the Wizards, obviously, but um, what's more important, a late November NFL game or a late November NBA game? You tell me. Um, especially against a team that the team you're rooting for should have handled easily. But because of a certain sharp shooter, and I say that very loosely. He, he means he's being sarcastic. He's saying Davis Bertans is only a sharp shooter, like, by name. And this might be a name that he gave himself. No, Nobody's really been able to <laughs> kind of configure that. So – yeah, I was kind of following the game on my phone, um, mm-hmm. just in when I could uh, as the the football team game was going on, and and we did. We I, th- I think we had like a little ten point lead, um, and I, I don't know, I, I couldn't tell you because I wasn't actually watching it, but I've noticed this this happens. I don't know if it's guys trying to elevate themselves for their own gain or if they really think if I make a couple of bucks. I draw some attention. This helps my team. I don't know, but it's that that sort of like, you know, in in soccer, announcers say, "Oh, he's going to have a go." That means like he's going to take a shot, but it also sort of means like he's going to kind of do it himself. Do you know what I mean? And so that's kind of how I liken it. Like, oh, he's going to have a go. Like, you're going to see what he can do. And you know, I got mixed feelings when you're a Davis Bertans type, or or really anybody that's not the guy, a.k.a. Bradley Beal, right? And especially when it's only one pass and then you decide that's the last pass before the shot goes up. I mean, we, you got to set the offense. You got to move the ball around. And that's one thing the Wizards have done a pretty good job of. Even – I know you're going to hate me. Even when Scott Brooks was the coach, mm-hmm. the ball was being moved around. That's why their offense has been so good the last year or two. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's early, in the, and I keep saying this. I know it sounds like I'm making excuses. These guys are still learning how to play together. And for some of them, their role is constantly changing. You look at a Kuzma and look at everything we're asking him to do. And I love the way he's been playing for us. I really do. You know, forget about that sweater he was wearing the other night. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, thank God we snapped the curse of that thing, right? But anyway. Um, the curse of the sweater. <laughs> It was like eighteen hundred bucks. Who the hell pays that much money for something really? that? He must have lost a bet. That's the only thing I can think of. Is he lost a bet? And they're like, "All right, this is what you got to wear next week's game." Like, 
if that's fashion, I don't either. That or some girl sliced his head up. God, yeah, I mean, hey, that's possible, man. But look, though, the offense, there's I'm gonna tell you what the problem is, and I'm not super concerned about it. It's a concern, but I'm not super concerned. Bradley Bill and Spencer Dillity, the chemistry is not there, and I'm placing the blame on Spencer. Um, he has to he has to know who he is. He has to know who he is, and um, I think he's still trying to figure out how to play with Brad. He's not being that explosive scorer that we saw in Brooklyn, like straight up. He's he's a point guard, but he's more like a scorer. He's actually closer to Jamal Crawford than he is a John Wall. Um, and yeah, I just feel like he has to um, just figure out how to control his game better. And I have to give praise to Bradley Bill because he has figured out how to be more of a distributor. He has been facilitating running the um, point more. So I have to to give him the props for um, adjusting to his game. He's averaging 26. I'm not really sure how much Spencer is averaging. But what I will say is when they're not playing, like when one of them is out, the team's undefeated. I think it's because the offense flows better. So that's why I'm not concerned. I feel like they'll figure it out um, once, um, you know, time gets – going and I always look at the NBA in like two separate seasons. Um the first half, honestly until the Super Bowl, I think like well maybe the middle of January. Let's say Martin Luther King Junior Day. That's the middle of January. Anything before that, I feel like it's just, you know, feeling you you trying to get a feel, especially if you're a contender team, not getting too far out of the playoff race and whatnot. Um but I would say after the All-Star break, that's when things get real. That's when things get real. So not panicking. I'm just enjoying the season right now for what it is. Um, right now, what I, don't, I forgot what um, seed are they right now. Let me check. Oh, they're still the fourth seed. So good. Um, they're still the fourth seed, man. They are a good Oh wow, they're only two games ahead of the eleven C. So um yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be a long playoff race, man. Well, you should be enjoying it because it's early in the year. And uh, you know, earlier when you mentioned Jamal Crawford, I was just glad you didn't say Jordan Crawford, those of you who remember his time here. <laughs> player, just a little bit of a chucker, if you ask me. Right. That's my opinion. Wasn't a team guy. Uh, Dinwiddie averaging 15 and five. I know what you mean. You want him to kind of be more the floor general and, you know, kind of organize things, get guys involved more. I think that will happen. But I do think him looking for his own shot could actually help that more than him trying to be a Chris Paul right. or like what John Wall used to do. Because as good as John Wall's offense started to become, I believe Dinwiddie is is just naturally a better offensive player. He's not as athletic. I get all that, but yeah, just he's his, a better shooter easily. His his mid range, his his is kind of his wiggle, you know. Because like I said, it's not that he's not athletic. He's just not John Wall athletic. 
but uh yeah i've noticed that they've they've been kind of mixing him and brad uh in different lineups not not on the floor together and like you mentioned brad kind of distributing more so we'll we'll see what manifests here but you gotta just keep letting these guys play and you should be enjoying it man we're playing tough basketball we're we're winning some good games i, I realize there's some losses here but i think we're truly i mean nobody likes to lose but I think we're not losing the lesson when we lose. I think we're, we're, we're learning from some of those things that happen. I really do. Just based on how we're coming out the following game from those losses. True. Um, I think we're – I'm not sure I have to um, do something. That. Huh? We got the T-Wolves tonight. Yeah. Ant-Man. Um, I'm actually – Huh? Who's that one cat? I I don't think it ended up counting, but it like so far it's probably the dunk of the year. Yeah, that's him. That was him. Who? Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah, that was him. Okay. Yeah, yeah dunked but... on somebody from the Heat, or I forgot who it was. Just embarrassed them. It wasn't. A, it didn't count on the scoreboard, but it counted in our hearts. <laughs> like real talk. We all saw that. But um, no way. Hey, shout out to my man. Damage DC sports fan. Um, we're about to record the um, where's the classified right after I finish this. So um, shout out to my guy. Also shout out always shout out to my man Ali and um, watching the football, the classified, and all the other content creators. Y'all grinded it out this season. Y'all never gave up. I ain't gonna lie. It, it became a drag after them three straight losses, but. Um, the Wizards started balling. Scan started balling. Um, so, shout out to the whole DC um, sports community. And um, let's get these Ws, y'all. And speaking of Ws, man, the Caps. I know they lost the last game, but they yeah, still the Caps. Three-game <laughs> winning streak snapped last night. It really kind of hurt because the Caps were up 4-1. And there's a little, uh, little hanky-panky kind of going on uh one of our guys was skating I, this doesn't happen often but he somehow got behind the goalkeeper between the keeper and the net and he was skating through the crease now you're not really supposed to be in that area but if you can get through there quick no harm no foul goalie kind of backed into him and sort of uh you know did a la flop if you will kind of drew a foul uh, I, I know some some hockey types would kind of look at that as a little bit it, it it's frowned upon, you know, and you look in soccer, you see these guys faking like they're hurt to draw a, a, a penalty, a penalty kick penalty on the other team. It's not the same in hockey. It's a little bit more of a, of a tough guy sport. There is some gamesmanship. Don't get me wrong. Embellishment and things like that exist in, in hockey the same way they do in soccer. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's a little more frowned upon, but uh, either way, having a four, one lead and, and, Having a, a little bit of a collapse like that, especially the Florida Panthers, who they had just beat a few nights ago uh, on Friday. Ovechkin got his 28th career hat trick. And then you turn around and play him two nights later, let your three-game win streak get snapped. But, you know, we're missing Backstrom. We're missing Oshie still. We're, we're playing with a lot, for Oshie to come guys, a lot of young guys' names I don't recognize. Fairberry mm-hmm. and all kinds – I can't even begin to tell you how to pronounce some of their names because I'm still – but they're playing tough. And you got the Hathaways uh, stepping up, playing better. 
You got Tom Wilson, obviously, Ovi, Orloff, Kuzi, you know, some, some of the classics. You got those guys, you know, doing their thing. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see because it's, it's the real team, right? Ovi's the star, no question. But these guys are playing tough for each other. They're playing good team hockey. You got a lot of young guys with promise, you know, whether it's uh, Vanacek at keeper. Uh, we've got some of these other young guys, like I said, stepping up, making big-time plays. Who's the other um, keeper? Uh, Il- Ilya Samsonov. Okay. okay. Wasn't it another keeper we had? I believe so. I'm trying to think of that name right now. Let me look this up. He was probably uh, – Probably with Fucow? us. Who? Back Fuku. Fucow. Yep. 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 There it is. He made history. We also had a. Uh, we had another guy named uh, Phoenix Copley. What happened to Fucow? Is he not on the roster anymore? I'm not sure. Bruh, he earned a shout out in his first start against the Red Wings. <laughs> That's that's a bro. Uh, that is a flex. Okay, and I'm not disrespecting him, but the team also has a lot to do with that too. You know, the, the other guys he plays with. Mm-hmm. Wrong, I'm not taking anything away from the young man, but I think that was one of those situations where, uh, between injuries and COVID, he was sort of a call up, and it was kind of just the dopest thing ever. You know, call up has the game like you said with uh, what was it like? Oh, so he back at Hershey. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I think this was like a hey, great job. We're gonna send you back. But <laughs> sports like hockey and, and in baseball too, they're weird like that. They send you down, they bring you back. It seems like basketball is slowly heading that way with the G League. You, but I don't know what the rules are for that. When you think about it, the NFL is like that though with the practice squad. It might not be the minors, but the practice squad they'll call you up and bring you. Down. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. We've actually seen a lot of that, a lot more of that lately with like uh, Hilliard in Tennessee and other yeah. examples. But look, though, if you play well, they won't send you back. That's true. And he <laughs> like, did. I think, I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, what, what is he? He's, he's 26. Uh, mm. well, that, that's not, you know, it's not a spring chicken, but that's also that's kinda old. old in hockey when you consider there are some guys that can play you know, into their, uh, into their late thirties. So, you know, who knows? Maybe they're just trying to keep him in the, in the, in the back pocket, you know, like uh last resort. They know they can depend on this guy again. We'll see. All right. Um, two quick topics. I mean, not topics, questions before we leave. Um, what position would you play in hockey? And I'm going to go first since we just talked about it. Like, First of all, I can't even skate. <laughs> like, I'm going to be real with y'all, I can't skate. But if I could, and if I um, was to take a career in hockey, I really feel like I would be a good goalie. Like, I'm 6'5". My reflexes are ridiculous. Um, I ain't going front. My vision, it might mess me up. That might have been the, um, my Achilles heel, so to speak. But, um... I had 2020 at one point. I don't know what happened. I'm 2030 now. 
but but nevertheless, I really think I could have been a good goalie. So, I when I was young, I wanted to play hockey, but mm-hmm. I never made it past the ice skating. Now I, I can skate, but you know, being able to just skate and being able to skate like a hockey player. I'm bit telling of a, you, I don't know if you've seen some of these guys, but. While they're not necessarily figure skaters, they're not as far off as you think. The ability to skate backwards as fast as you can forwards, and not just like riding on your skates, but to chop your feet continually Mm -hmm. to gain momentum and motion, and to be able to not just do that, but to then plant your skates into the ice and go back in another direction at a moment's notice based on, you know, wherever the puck's going – and that that's just two things, you know, the side to side, in and out, cutting, kind of getting that lean the same way a defensive end would get a lean going around a tackle, mm-hmm. trying to get a sack. Um, it, there, there's a lot that goes into it. So, I mean, if I had to, I kind of think, you know, a little bit of like the way I play soccer and sort of the way I play basketball where I like to kind of run, I would assume I'd be maybe a winger or center, right? I'm not very big. I mean, I'm, I'm not small. I'm not going to get pushed around. <laughs> not big in terms of height. You know, I'm, I'm actually kind of wide. So I feel like that might help me. Um, so but a- uh, let's keep this rolling just a little bit. So we're talking hockey. You asked me what position I would play, and I, I feel like hockey is going to be a heavy favorite for this question I'm going to ask you. But of all the sports that are out there, and, and we kind of really are going to stick to more than known major sports, but which one would you say requires the most skill? Yeah, hockey is up there. Um, we downplay football because a lot of us play it or played it. So we don't really – we think that the skills needed um, because we don't play hockey or whatever. But when you think about it, the do what football players do week in and week out, the, the toll that it takes on your body, but still be able to perform for upwards of three hours a week in this high-intensity sport, I think you got to be skilled for, the, for that. And honestly, now that basketball um, has taken away that stupid foul, um, you know, the James Harden move and Trey Young move where they used to oh, – Like just um, not allowing you to yeah. jump in and draw a foul. I, I get what you mean. We're going to have to see offensive players be more skillful in their scoring now. And you see it already happening with um, with these players. Like, it's, it's amazing the things that they're doing. Yes, scoring is um, failed, but that's another thing you have to do um, on, bas- on the basketball court. You have to play defense. Like, the offensive players are really good. The defensive players had to catch up. Now it's time for the offensive players to um, catch up again, so to speak. Yeah, true. So uh, when kind of coming up with this question for the show, did a little research and it seems like a lot of people, golf is a very popular answer. I was going to say that. (laughs) And the argument I saw is it's like, look, there's a lot of people that can go out and maybe play pickup basketball, maybe go out, you know, do some home run derby with their friends, just hit a couple of dingers at a park, chuck the football around and not that you can compete with a pro, but the idea is that you can sort of hang mimic, with them. Like you can mimic pro things in some ways, right? We oh, all know, okay. Go to a local rec. There's a guy who can dunk. 
the same way, you know, like a LeBron or a Zach Levine can, right? Not saying he's on the same level as those guys, just saying you, the, the visual is a similar, right? The argument is that the difference between your average golfer, just some guy who's pretty good when you go to the driving range or when you go to do a quick 18, mm-hmm. the difference between that guy and an actual pro is supposed to be like mountains, like mountain <laughs> difference is, is the way this was being sort of proposed by these guys who are, you know, sports writers they, they, you know, they, maybe they go golf with their buds and stuff like that. So they have like an, an inner idea, uh, inside idea rather. I would put baseball in there as well, although it's very specific because if you're a pitcher or a catcher, you're having to kind of account for maybe who's on first and second, as well as how do I pitch this guy? Is this guy a fastball guy? Is this guy a curveball guy? Mm-hmm. Obviously we talked about that a lot because a lot of the things you mentioned with football, you could equally paired to hockey and then add the fact that you're having to skate as well because let me tell you something those guys can hit that hockey puck pretty hard and if it hits you even with pads it can hurt there's a lot of times where guys will at least play play through that pain for a game and sometimes they don't you know it hurts don't be wrong but it's not an injury that causes them to miss time not to mention all the times they're you know missing all that teeth from fighting and just being badass (laughs) so I guess you could really make arguments for a lot, you know, maybe even soccer. Uh, I was going to say that too. But uh, just something uh, I figured our listeners might like to hear us kind of spitball about. Going back to golf, though, for a second, that makes so much sense because let's say I was to lock up somehow and um, face Steph Curry, face Steph Curry in a high stakes. Um, three-point contest, the most out of 30 shots win. He'll beat me, but it'll probably be like 27 to 15, 12 maybe, 15 or 12. I can shoot. Like, come on, y'all, I can shoot. Those who know, know. I can shoot. Um, like Like 27 to 12 or 15 or something. But if I was to do match play with, like, DJ Singh, I ain't even talking about the best golfers. I'm talking, like, a go- I mean, a great VJ Singh. If I was to do match play with VJ Singh, he's smacking me. He At least 70 strokes. At least 70 strokes he beating me by. Yeah, he'd be back at the clubhouse waiting for you to finish. <laughs> Boy. Be there for a few hours. That's <laughs> And, and you, you know, you think about it, and that's, that's where I pair baseball to it as well. I know there's there's slight difference, but the idea to – I mean, the baseball, it's moving. Golf, at least, is sitting still. Granted, the ball's smaller oh, yeah. than the ball, too, so the, there's a size type of thing you got going. But the hand-eye coordination it takes to, to do both, really. But for golf, I mean, I, I go to the driving range, and like I said, I, I consider myself a little bit muscular, but it's really not about – muscle it's more about your form and man i cannot consistently hit that ball far at all every now and again i'll get a good hit but even then i don't know where i'm hitting it so these guys are not only getting a hold of it i mean really driving the ball far a lot of times they're putting it where they want it to go they're like they're they're planting it they're putting backspin on the ball so that it stays on the green like to do that kind of stuff and i get that they play all the time they have access to the best i get that 
But at some point, there's some skill there too. You can't say it's all the resources because they didn't always have it. So I, I guess uh, I guess I'm gonna ride the golf train and say golf. Most skill. Required. Yeah, I think golf is up there with hockey. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I really want to play golf. Um, I just, I always wanted to play. I like mini golf. Um, yeah, I, I just never been to a driving range. I ain't never been to top golf before. Like, um, but it is a sport that I like and would love to play eventually. But it's um, funny you mentioned Steph Curry. He's he's actually a pretty avid yeah, golfer. I see. I don't know how good he is, but I I know he's into it. <clears throat> so yeah. Um. But yeah. It's about that time to dip on out. Um, T-Wolves facing the Wizards in a couple of minutes, and I'll be doing Wiz to Classified at the same time. Um, Caps Blackhawks tomorrow night. Right. Um, yeah, catch that episode. I mean, catch this episode in the morning, and then later on, check me out on Wiz to Classified. Deal? Cool. Deal. <laughs> I'll let y'all next week. Peace. Good night, Alexandria.